not stand up. Who's funnier, you or Fred? Um, Fred is definitely good. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah. Maybe that's maybe that's the the better one. He has to try too hard to be funny. <laughs> Welcome back to season two, episode four of From the Ridge. Uh, again, my name is Nathan. Our, I'm our operations manager here at Northridge, and today we have a new guest on the show. You're welcome, Jacob. Ain't back this week. We have Pastor Carolyn on to share and to speak about uh, the sermon series we're going through from Garden to City. And in particular, a really fun topic from Sunday, uh, circumcision. Mm-hmm. Lovely. I know. I'm not sure why I got this topic. but Yeah, you were thrilled to talk about it Sunday. And so when the questions came in this week about covenant and circumcision, I had to laugh because you were so excited to talk about it then. And I'm sure you're equally as excited now. Um, so Carolyn. The question did come in this week. Uh, I'm going to read it, and I'm going to hear your thoughts. So Genesis 17.7, so you're referencing the Old Covenant, New Covenant in your sermon. So Genesis 17.7 says, God established his covenant between himself and Abraham and all of his descendants that will be everlasting. God instructed that all the males were to be circumcised as a sign of this covenant, And so the question is, why is this no longer a requirement for Christians um, if we have now been adopted into this everlasting covenant? Why don't we need to be circumcised? Mm -hmm. So, okay. Um, Well, it's important to address from the start that as new Christians, or as Christians, Mm -hmm. we are a part of God's new covenant, which is Jesus. So in Genesis 12, God tells Abraham, all the nations of the earth will be blessed through you. And so his plan was already for Jesus, the Messiah, the new covenant to come from Abraham's family uh, tree. So the everlasting covenant that we are grafted into is with Jesus, the new covenant, not the old covenant. Right. So old, new. It's like, are you saying that it was it was anticipated? We, we see evidence of the fact that there was a plan for this covenant to evolve, so to speak, into what it eventually became? Mm-hmm. Like, is that what you're, you're saying? Yeah, there's absolutely signs. There's prophecies in the Old Testament that we read that speak to God making a new covenant. Um, I referenced one on Sunday, Jeremiah 31, where um, God says the day is coming when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and Judah. This new covenant will not be like the one I made with their ancestors when I took them out by the hand and brought them out of the land of Egypt. Um, but this new covenant I will make with the people of Israel after those days, um, says the Lord, I will put my instructions deep within them and I will Mm. write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people and I will forgive their wickedness and I will never again remember their sins. This evident like idea, uh, I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and Judah, Mm -hmm. uh, not like the one I made with the ancestors. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's still to the same people. It's like this promise that God is continuing to, to fruition. It's not like he's just like, throwing to the wayside the the Israelite people, Mm -hmm. uh, the Jewish people, but it's like, no, this is a fulfillment. This is the evolution. And we see like reflections and hints at that all throughout the Old Testament is what you're saying. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, what about the the New Testament? Like 
let's get to the nitty gritty. Why no circumcision? Like, where do we, where do we see evidence of that? Or where do we understand that this new covenant, Mm -hmm. like we are under a new covenant, we get that, but why no circumcision then? Mm -hmm. So before we get to the topic of circumcision, we need to understand why, like we needed a new covenant anyway, because the old one wasn't working. And Hebrews 10 gives a really good explanation. It says the old system under the law of Moses was only a shadow, a dim preview of the good things to come, not the good things themselves. Hmm. The sacrifices under that system were repeated again and again, year after year, but they were never able to provide perfect cleansing for those who came to worship. If they could have provided perfect cleansing, the sacrifices would have stopped for the worshipers would have been purified once for all time and their feelings of guilt would have disappeared. But instead, those sacrifices actually reminded them of their sins year after year. For it is not possible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. That is why when Christ came into the world, he said to God, you did not want animal sacrifices or sin offerings, but you have given me a body to offer. Hmm. You were not pleased with burnt offerings or other offerings for sin. Then I said, look, I have come to do your will, O God, as it is written about me in the scriptures. He cancels the first covenant in order to put the second into effect for God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all time. So Paul is saying, so Paul is saying that now this new covenant is about what happens on the inside not Hmm. about what happens on the outside. And so Paul teaches us in Galatians um, really just about that Christ has set us free. Hmm. We're absolutely free. And then he also says, now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. So again, Hmm. just the idea of old covenant being this outward um, sign of, of obedience rather than what's happening on the inside. And he says, listen, I, Paul, tell you this, if you are counting on circumcision to make you right with God, then Christ will be of no benefit to you. I'll say it again. If you are trying to find favor with God by being circumcised, you must obey every regulation in the whole law of Moses. For if you are trying to make yourselves right with God by keeping the law, you have been cut off from Christ. You have fallen away from God's grace. But we who live by the Spirit eagerly wait to receive by faith the righteousness God has promised to us. For when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, there's no benefit in being circumcised or being uncircumcised. What is important is faith expressing itself in love. Hmm. So let's backtrack. Mm-hmm. Come full circle. We see reflections in the Old Testament mm-hmm. that there is this covenant with Israel. Mm-hmm. God has made this promise. Mm-hmm. But it was never supposed to be the promise for all time. And we see reflections Mm -hmm. of that in the prophets. They point ahead to this ultimate covenant. And the Mm -hmm. reason for that, Paul says, is that the sacrifices aren't enough. They're temporary. They're they're not the fulfillment of what it was supposed to be. And yet Jesus came as the ultimate sacrifice, entering into this new covenant. And instead of a physical circumcision, this external actions-based circumcision... Mm -hmm we have uh, an internal circumcision of the heart, so yes, to speak. Yes, exactly. And yeah. so in this, it's how our hearts have been transformed. Um, and I think it's cool. We always speak of the indwelling of the Spirit, the mm-hmm. Christ coming into our hearts. Mm-hmm. And it's this transformation on the inside, not this physical outward expression, mm-hmm. but the inward transformation of mm-hmm. what God has done in our hearts. Mm-hmm. And then by evidence of that, 
you see it poured out in our lives. Exactly. Yeah. So long story short, no need for circumcision. (laughs) Paul says it's no longer a part of it. Same covenant, but the covenant's now been fulfilled in Christ. Exactly. Yeah. Beautiful. Okay. So that I think answers that question. I'm Mm -hmm. sure there's more resources. We always like to take resources, so we will take a few more things if you are more curious about it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that's the big point is what you're emphasizing. We have been brought into this new covenant. Uh, The old wasn't sufficient. Right. So I was thinking as we were getting this question in, uh, an idea I've wrestled with, I know I've worked through it in my own mind, but perhaps some people here think the same thing. Um, we have this old covenant uh, fulfilled with a new covenant in Jesus. Why old than new? Why didn't Jesus come just to begin with? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. why the delay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't, well, I mean, I don't know that we can answer that <laughs> yeah. fully, but I think from what we do know from reading the Bible and reading the scriptures is that... Um, you know, we learn from both. And what we see in the old covenant is God really revealing to humans um, who he actually is. Hmm. Um, You know, people can't enter into a relationship with a God they don't know. And so in the old covenant, God um, proved himself who he was to Hmm. his people. and Revealing um, his nature, his character. Exactly, his faithfulness and all those things. And paving the way the whole time for humans to be in relationship with him. The old covenant was never meant to be a permanent thing. And we talked about even just in Hebrews again, how that old system was only a shadow of things Hmm. to come. This dim Um, preview. And I think if we kind of, I know in my reflections on this question, um, part of what we see evidence throughout the Old Testament is the nature of God, his mm -hmm. character. Um, And I know for a lot of people who've been reading the Bible plan with us, Mm -hmm. the nature of humanity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, exactly. we, we learn a lot about the depravity of humans, uh, the Israelites time and time again, God giving his promise, his blessing, giving them exactly what they need to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, they know what they need to do and they still fail. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this idea that we are in desperate, desperate need for a savior. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think even in my own reflections, I've seen the way in which I don't get it. I don't know why Jesus didn't come right away. But what we do see evidenced in the Old Testament is that humanity is in desperate need um, for a lasting uh, change, a lasting covenant. And um, the law wasn't sufficient. We Mm -hmm. saw that clearly. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think even in our, our context, our world today, we often think, I don't know your thoughts on this, we often think that we're sufficient on our own. And yeah. this idea that we can, we can do it, we can figure things out, um, figure out what's best for us. Um, and at the end of the day, as evidence in the Old Testament, um, in all of Scripture, is that we're in desperate need for a king, a lord over our life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Even in our own just, you know, mental health and the toll that takes in mm. trying to take on everything ourselves. Um, yeah. It's not healthy or wise and we often get burned out and um have many other 
you know, just impacts from yeah. that, just taking, taking all that on and not turning to, to the Lord. And, um, I think without evidence of that, I think, well, I think we often neglect the old Testament, which is a sad reality. Yes. Um, but we often lose sight of the fact that, oh, we're just hopelessly in need. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and if anything, if whatever reason we have the Old Testament, part of that is to reveal our desperate, desperate need in all things, in our mental health, in carrying the load of life, in trying to decide for ourselves what's right and wrong. Yeah, um, absolutely. Well, we even see Jesus in the New Testament, like bring the Old Covenant and the New Covenant together, right? At the mm-hmm. Passover meal. Exactly. Um, so, you know, as they're eating, Jesus takes the bread and he blesses it and breaks it into pieces and gives it to his disciples, um, saying, take this and eat it for this is my body. Mm. He takes a cup of wine and gives thanks to God for it. He gives it to them and says, each of you drink from it for this is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice to forgive the sins of many. And so, I mean, if we don't have an understanding of the old and what Jesus is saying here in these right. verses to his disciples, what he's teaching them, we can't fully appreciate what he's done for us with mm. the new. The old points to the new, and then the new allows us to look back and see what God has actually done for us through Jesus. Mm. So I don't think we ever are going to fully have the answer. No. Why Jesus didn't come just right away. Um, but what we would, what we do see is what you said. We see God revealing himself, his nature, mm-hmm. humanity revealing our fallen nature. Yeah. Um, and ultimately this restoration mission that God has since the beginning of time fulfilled yeah. in Christ. Exactly. Uh, which is the beautiful thing that we are on the other side. We know what we have received, the gift of uh, relationship with him. Now, one more question, mm-hmm. um, because I think it stuck out for me this, this Sunday, and I know others as well. Mm-hmm. Um, did God choose circumcision to be a continual reminder and symbol because of sexual sin in our life? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was an interesting reflection. I hadn't heard <laughs> that. Uh, and I just want to hear your thoughts on that, that comment you made. Yeah, I mean, I can't back that up with any <laughs> kind of resource, but I just know that after spending um, time in Genesis recently in our version Bible plan, it just, I mean, it sticks out like more than ever before, just the enormous amount of sexual sin going on mm. with the people there. And so um, we can't say for certain if that was God's intent or not, but I do think it would serve as a continual reminder of obedience to God in that area. Yeah, definitely. Now, can you um, kind of like in your in your reading and your studying, have you like looked at the cultural context of God uh, inviting the Israelites into this covenant, like this practice itself, would it have been foreign? Was it commonplace? Yeah. Kind of what, uh, how do we understand it in ancient Near East Israelite culture? Exactly. So it was widely practiced um, back then and in different ways. And and one of the examples I have read previously, um, particularly in like a marriage relationship. Hmm. So the the groom would be circumcised um, as 
a sign and symbol of entering into this new family and entering in under their protection. Hmm. And so interesting enough then, like for God to take something that's so common practiced um, and to kind of transform it and give it a new purpose hmm. as um, an example of coming into his new covenanted hmm. family and under his protection. So, yeah, yeah I, think, I think it would have made much more sense for the original Israelite readers yeah. to, to Probably read not than quite as foreign. Um, it's interesting the way... Um, God uses that. He, he co-ops the culture and the time and place mm -hmm. to change it and make it um, a reflection of who he is and reveal his nature and his relationship with humanity. I know my life group, we're studying a book called Epic of Eden. I've referenced it on this podcast before. If you haven't read it or listened to it, please go listen to it because I'm not going to give this next part justice. But the idea of covenants, how commonplace they were in the ancient Near East, and there would often be relationships between nations would make covenants. And yet God uses this common practice, this common idea of these binding contracts, and he co-ops it for his own purposes, transforming it uh, and making it so much more beautiful in mm. understanding that he is a God making a covenant um, with a nation that he doesn't have to, and yet he chooses to continually be in relationship with them. Um, again, I'm going to link something down below. I really encourage you, if, if this even little part is interesting, read this chapter, um, because it's such a good explanation of the way in which God uses culture to establish and, and make known his will mm -hmm. and his character. So mm -hmm. that is the last of my questions, Carolyn. Great. So thank you so much for coming on the show this week. It was a lovely topic. I'm sure you were so <laughs> thrilled to be talking about it. Everybody's favorite topic. Um, <laughs> but uh, it was good. It's helpful for us to reflect on what it means to be brought into this new covenant. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, definitely because of how prevalent the topic of circumcision is in the Bible, it is an easy way to flow into that conversation because Paul has a lot to say about it yeah. and um, being brought into this new relationship with Christ transforming our hearts mm -hmm. and indwelling in our lives. And so thanks again. Mm -hmm. We'll be back next week. We'll see who was on the show next week. Wait and see. But thank you so much, Carolyn. Thanks for having me. Thanks, guys. Have a great week.